If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my pumpkins. This is Chloe Taylor, and welcome to Authentic and Unapologetic. Here, we explore spirituality and psychology. It is my goal with this podcast to remind you that when you stand tall in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Hello, my beautiful pumpkins, and happy January. Happy 2022. I am so ready for this year. I am so ready for this year. I had an incredible break from the podcast uh, for several weeks. There was like, I think I told you all in the last episode before we went on our month-long hiatus that I had taken about a month off already. Like prior to going on the hiatus, I'd already taken time off and I actually took a couple of extra weeks off as well. So um, I'm filming these or recording these rather in like mid-December, but the funny thing is, um, the funny thing is, is that I am a Sagittarius rising, which I don't know if people can actually tell that about me, to be honest with you. And this is information that I feel like we are going to definitely talk about like the numerology and astrology of this year in this episode. But this relates to you too, even if you're not a Sagittarius rising. I think people often will like talk about their rising signs a lot because it's who you are. Your rising sign is the person that you wake up as every single day. So if you wake up as a Sagittarius, as a Virgo, if you're a Virgo rising or a Scorpio rising, whatever, however you wake up in the day, it's, it's easy to think that other people will see us as that person. But interestingly enough, people don't see you that way. Most people, especially if they don't know you really well, they will see you as your midheaven. My midheaven is in Virgo. I call myself an honorary Virgo all the time because my sun and my moon are also both in the house of Virgo. So I have a lot of Virgo placements in my chart that are predominant. And I think I act a lot like a Virgo, to be honest, (laughs) even though my rising is in Sagittarius. And because I know myself, I identify with Sagittarius energy, but people don't see it in me that much. Um, Like I said, especially if they don't know me extremely well, like my husband probably can see it because he's my husband and I spend every day with him. We both work from home. Um, And he himself is a Sagittarius son, but I just feel like I'm so like recording this episode right now, even though you're hearing it in January, it's appropriate because I'm going through my first house transit right now. It's Sagittarius season. While I'm recording this, I'm in my first house transit. I'm going through my own Zodiac new year right now. And I feel like 
even before I knew astrology really well, as a kid, I always got the jump on any of my New Year's goals because I was feeling that energy. I was feeling that first house energy. The first house is the house of the self. It's all about you, your identity, your goals, your uh, physique, like your physical body as well. It's anything that has to do with Aries because Aries rules the first house and your rising sign is always in the first, always. It doesn't matter whose chart you're looking at. It always will be in the first house. And so for me, I feel like this is like the perfect time for me to record January content because I'm feeling that like traditional New Year's energy anyways, that traditional, at least like American, I would say, because obviously we know there's like Chinese New Year people, not everybody celebrates you New Year's on January 1st. But for me, I feel like I'm like kind of already there. <laughs> so my Sag Risings, you all know, you all are probably feeling it too, unless you have some other major transit going on for you right now. But I just wanted to take this opportunity for this first episode in January to kind of reflect on last year and really talk about what I think it gave to me, what I think that I experienced now that I'm in a much better mental space and where I kind of hope to go this year. I want to talk a little bit about some astrology stuff. Um, I don't want to get too heavily into the astrology because I want to do that in its own podcast. I want to talk to you all about the nodal shift that's coming up this month. Uh, I also plan to do that one in video format as well. If you're on my Patreon, you'll get it early access, which that's always linked down below for you, of course. Um, but this year, well, let's talk about the past year first, 2021. Everybody that listens to this podcast already knows, unless you're new, I went through a horrible mental health crisis for almost a six month period. And now that I feel like I am really rising from the ashes of that, I am definitely in a place where I have complete and total faith that that experience is done. Like, it's been confirmed to me in my own spiritual practice, even that that phase of my life, it doesn't mean that I'll never have a mental health crisis again. It doesn't mean that I'll never have experiences that are negative to me again. What I'm saying is that the experience will never be like that again. I will never hurt in the same way ever again. And I really believe that. I think that it was significant and I don't want to I don't want to sit here and tell everybody that like, oh, every experience you have like has to have this huge like meaning and you have to tie it up with a pretty bow. Like, no, the things that traumatized you can just be really traumatizing. Like it doesn't, you don't have to treat your life like this. I think for me, I am so deeply spiritual and deeply invested in depth psychology that for me, in order for me to get meaning out of life, it is the filter that I choose to see my life through. I choose to ask myself, 
what do I think I gained from that experience? Because it fucking sucked. <laughs> I, I laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Like it's, it fucking sucked. It was, it was the worst. It was literally the worst. And y'all have heard me talk about this multiple, multiple, multiple times in the last six months. And I'm not trying to be a broken record. I just think I'm coming at this now from a place of feeling so much better that I would like to kind of I guess talk about it in that regard for me. What do I think that that whole experience gave to me personally? And again, this isn't me trying to spiritual bypass. This isn't me trying to tell you that this is how you should look at your mental health. This is me just trying to make sense of an experience that I had. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes uh, from last year. I think there's at least two of them that talk specifically about mental health and spirituality. But that experience, basically, Cliff Notes version, I had a horrible panic attack. And it led me into a series of panic attacks. And Something that I don't know if I fully have addressed is that not only did I just feel unsafe in my own body for those six months, everything in my life felt unsafe. Like, I don't know how to explain this to anybody unless you have experienced it for yourself. I don't even know if this will make sense, but the outside world was not safe. Like, People weren't safe. Trees weren't safe. The roads weren't safe. My car wasn't safe. My bed wasn't safe. My going to sleep wasn't safe. Being awake wasn't safe. Eating wasn't safe. When I tell you that this mental health crisis and honestly trauma-inducing episode happened, it literally made my entire life feel like I was walking on glass and nothing was safe. I was always constantly feeling in like anxiety. I was constantly, and the, the hard part is, is the, my anxiety was so high or I choose not to even say my anxiety. I choose not to identify with anxiety. Personally, I choose to say the anxiety or the depression because I don't think that we inherently become those things. They are just things that we might be feeling. And so with the anxiety that I was feeling, it would induce the depression. Like I would be feeling so much anxiety that then in turn, I would be on this vicious cycle of anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. I can't get anything done. Now I haven't done anything. And now I am highly depressed because of that. And it was just this horrible, like shame loop. And I think ultimately what this really taught me, truthfully, I feel like I have like, my ego, for lack of better terms, literally got baptized. Like, I don't really even like the word baptism because I think it has such like, actually, you know what? Where is, where is Siri? We talk to Siri all the time in my podcast. Um, my phone is over here. Okay, we're not going to ask her in this episode, but I'm curious about like what the definition of baptize even is. I'm sure it has religious context, but... I feel like, let's see, baptize definition. So I'm looking on my iPad. Administer baptism to someone Christian. Okay, see, even like the first definition, I'm sure that the words in like, basically the word, the word was created. I'm sure it has like different meanings with the roots of the word, but 
I feel like that's why I said, for lack of a better term, I feel like my brain literally got baptized, like, (laughs) and not into some kind of religious faith. But as a the reason I brought up being a Sagittarius rising as well is Sagittarius is a highly spiritual sign. I feel like both Scorpio and Sagittarius are very highly spiritual, but in different ways, where Scorpio is more into like that occult shit, which love it. We love that shit here. Uh, Sagittarius is more into like the expansion of consciousness. This is why they're usually very rooted in like philosophy and psychology, where Scorpio is just into that like mystical shit. And I love it all. But I feel like the South Node, this the last like 18 months, technically, The south node was sitting on my rising sign and the south node was in Sagittarius and the south node often is like a releasing of and literally I will never forget this. I want to say it was Marin Altman, the astrologer, and she's like a big crypt. She's a big girl in like crypto as well on Instagram and she's also on YouTube. She made a TikTok, I want to say at the end of 2019, or the end of 2020, that said, Sagittarius Risings would go through an ego death. And I was just like, ah, yeah, okay, like, I listen to those things. But I try not to attach myself to anybody's predictions for myself, I try to usually make my own predictions. But I'll listen and just kind of like take that information in and be like, okay, like, we'll just see what happens. No, bitch, I had a full blown ego death. Like, I feel like what happened during this time period is what I ultimately have come out the other side with is realizing that I have a totally clean slate, meaning my life can literally be designed in any way that I want it to. And I know that like a lot of people that are in spirituality and manifestation know this stuff. Like I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said before, but I don't think I actually believed it before. Like I believed in manifestation. I believed in creating your own reality, but I don't think I believed it as far as like literally creating the reality that you want to see not just within myself, but in the world. And the same with even the way down to like how I design my day. Like right now I have been, oh, that's like another topic I feel like for a different podcast, but I've been just letting myself sleep when I'm tired Instead of being like, nope, I have to be up at this time. I have to go to bed at this time. I've just been saying, nope, I'm going to stay up as long as I want to. And I'm going to sleep when I want to. I'm going to work when I want to and do whatever I want in those in like whatever time frame. It doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. And my sleep, surprising no one, is totally flipped from what typical society says it should be. Uh, I'm... Today, I woke up at like 7 p.m. It's 3.27 in the morning. I probably will not go to bed until 1 p.m. or later today. And that's fine. Like, I'm able to do all of the things I like to do. But when I say create my own reality, I'm also talking about that. I'm talking about how 
we have like everybody, everybody on the planet has been programmed in some way to follow a certain set of rules. And I think going through this experience, I've realized that number one, I don't have to do anything for anyone. I don't have to do anything for anyone. I'm not beholden to anybody else. I can create whatever I want. There are no rules. Now, granted, we're not having like total anarchy or chaos. Like there are rules to a degree. There are universal laws. There are rules that we have to have in place to keep us, I guess, like safe, you could say. But when it comes to design, like the way that the working class is, the working world, it's a construct. The way that we've done time is a construct. The way that, and I think that's really something that got broken in me is like, oh, actually it doesn't really matter. Like if I want to sleep the entire day that the sun is out, which is not very much where I live now, to be honest, if I want to sleep all day and wake up and work all through the night and I feel energized and I feel good doing it, I can do that. If I decide I don't want to work on a certain day and I would rather dedicate that whole day to just playing, I can do that. If I want to start something new, if I want to shut something down, if I want to like, granted, I understand that I have made a lifestyle that has that freedom in it because I work for myself. I don't work for another corporation or anybody that dictates my time. I dictate my time, which I think can be a blessing and a curse because sometimes time slips away from me when I wanted to get something done and that's my fault. But going through this whole experience, I feel like I have come out the other side just kind of giving no fucks. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still like, if any of y'all have seen that TikTok where the girl is like, yes, honey, I'm all love and light, but that doesn't mean I won't light your fucking house on fire. Thank you. Like, that's kind of where I'm at is, yes, I'm soft. Yes, I'm gentle. Yes, I'm sensitive. Yes, I care deeply about humanity. But I think I'm just kind of at this place where I'm done being boundaryless. And you know, I, I'm somebody who talks so much about boundaries and how important they are, especially when it comes to family and people that are closest to you, because oftentimes we'll let them get away with more when it's stuff that makes us uncomfortable. And I'm at this point in my life now, I think because of this experience that I didn't have a choice in 2021 to make my mental health my number one priority. I was forced to make that choice because I felt so unstable and so unsafe that if I didn't put myself first, I hate to say it, but I probably wouldn't be here. Like I, I had to make that decision. It was life or death in my opinion. That is what a mental health crisis is to me, is you are literally in such crisis that it can be that dangerous. And because I had to go through all of that, I feel like now I'm just so much more, I don't want to say guarded because I think that that can, you know, it's okay to protect ourselves, but I think there's a difference between protecting yourself and putting up a wall. And I try really hard to not put up walls, but to protect myself. And I think in the past, there wasn't a lot of that happening. There was a lot of, yes, I feel this way and I feel that way. And there was a lot of avoiding conflict or avoiding family members that made me feel like they would just disrupt my boundaries instead of just saying, hey, this isn't okay. 
you said A, B, and C, it hurt my feelings, and I'd like you not to talk to me like that. Or that's just one example. I feel like even when it comes to, like, trying to keep the peace in friendship circles or trying to, like, there are just so many ways that I noticed that I would silence myself at every step of my own journey. And after this experience, I just don't have room for that in my life anymore. I don't. I don't have room to be silent. I don't have room to be... I don't like it also reminds me I spent a lot of time on TikTok, but it reminds me of that sound clip. It's on Instagram, too, where it's literally just like this girl's voice saying, I can't afford to lose me again. I cannot afford to lose me again. And that's kind of where I'm at. I can't afford to lose myself like that ever again. It's literally too expensive not only because mental health expenses are crazy in this country, but it's too expensive because I need me. I need my body and mind to be, and my spirit to be healthy. My husband needs my mind, body, and spirit to be healthy. My cats, my home, my friends, my assistant, you know, I, I, my best friend and my assistant, you know, I employ someone. There are people and things that rely on me being healthy and, I can't afford to ever go down that path again, nor do I want to because it sucked. But I feel like I'm walking away with a sense of feeling so much stronger and feeling so much better and having better boundaries and just really being able to advocate for myself and the person that I want to be in this world. And I think that's huge. I feel like in the past, I had a lot more people pleasing tendency. I had this want to like be peaceful with everybody. And though I don't think that that is a bad goal or a bad way to be, I think often it leaves the person that tries to do those things feeling lost or broken or hurt or we're not having our needs met. And as a highly sensitive person, I need to be meeting my needs too. Everybody needs to be meeting their needs. It's not just the highly sensitive people, but I feel like highly sensitive people will often leave themselves for last. And this year really taught me that I have to actually put me first. And again, I can't afford not to. So that was the heavy chat, (laughs) the heavy chat for the wrap up of this year. But I also want to talk about some of the really awesome things that I feel like happened this year as we're wrapping it up to talk about what we're going to get into in 2022. But um, I went on like the best vacation of my life this year. My birthday is in May. And for my 30th birthday this year, or last year, rather, when you're hearing this, I went to San Francisco. And it was literally the best vacation I've ever had. Me and my husband had so much fun together. It was like bliss. I don't even know how else to explain that vacation other than bliss. And it was, it was the best vacation I've ever been on. I had so much fun and I can't wait. Like I truthfully, depending on how things are going in the world and what is allowed and you know, we don't really know what to look look into. I mean, I know America is about to hit its Pluto return exact in February, so I'm not really sure what we're going to be looking at post-February this coming year, or this year rather, but 
I'm hoping for my birthday this year, I would really like to go to Hawaii. Like, I think if I could do that, that would be like the ultimate vacation. I would love to go to Hawaii for my 31st birthday. Um, putting it on my vision board, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so I think that would be really cool, but best vacation ever, best vacation ever. I moved to the state of Washington this year, which was huge. Moving states had been on my vision board for, I don't even know how many years. Um, buying an SUV was huge. An SUV has been on my vision board since I was probably about 15 years old. So for half of my life, <laughs> I have wanted to purchase an SUV and I finally got to do that this year. Um, what else, what else happened this year? I know that there are so many more good things. I feel like the first half of 2021 was amazing. It was like total bliss. I was having the best time. I was making the most magical memories. And then like most of the back half of this year was just trash. And I would like to never have a repeat. So I think it was like a little of column A and a little of column B. But ultimately, I can't say that this year was all fucking terrible, but I can't say that it was like all the best either because there was like, there was, there was major, major, um, polarity in my life this year. And like to the extreme, I feel like I felt total bliss in moments and then felt like the worst I've ever felt in my life in moments. So I feel like it was a back and a forth this year. Um, for 2022, though, I guess if I could talk about like what I, I want to bring into this year, both for for the podcast, for everything that I've been creating, uh, and also like what we're kind of looking at, I feel like even astrologically, Again, I don't want to go too heavily into the North and South node stuff because I want to cover that in its own podcast and like kind of go into a lot more detail for you. But basically for 2022, first of all, if you're living in America, which I know not all of you are, but those of you that are, or if you're not, and you just like pay attention to world affairs, um, what's really funny is I feel like in America, this is so silly and Y'all, my progressive nature is showing, but I feel like in America, I don't know if other countries do this. I don't think y'all do. And I think that it's better that way that you don't, but I feel like in America, the way that Americans teach about America, they make us all believe that we are like the best country. And I think a lot of people are realizing that that shit is not true. <laughs> And most people are not having it, but, um, that's why I said, like, I don't know how many of you listen that are not from America, that you're just interested in world affairs because some of this stuff, like I can't speak to what another country is going to be feeling or looking towards if America is dealing with this crazy transit that maybe, you know, your country isn't dealing with that. But it will still affect other countries, I believe, because think about I think about how like in foreign policy and even in how like America tends to always insert its dick into everybody else's business. I don't know that other countries do that necessarily, but 
I do feel like it will still affect others if we're talking about like world events that way it will still affect other countries in some way so not to say that we are so influential or anything um again this is not the podcast that's gonna sit here and tell you how great i think america is because to be honest with you i don't think it is but speaking on like a global front i guess i do think it will impact globally but mainly because there's just shit going down in America. Um, But if y'all don't know what a Pluto return is for a country, I think I've talked about this a little bit in past podcast episodes. I think my last episode, I really went into a little more detail on what that is. But basically, Pluto returns for countries usually signify the downfall of an empire. Like it's throughout history, you can look. It's a 250 year cycle. Most people don't live to see them unless you're there during that time. Like my parents' parents did not live through a Pluto return because they, we don't live to be 250 years old. But obviously I'm still here. My parents are still here, you know. It's so like not everybody in the world lives to see one of those because the transit is so like basically there's far and few between. But the one for America's chart is coming exact in February, February 2nd of this year to be exact February. So it's going to be 020222 and it will be happening in the United States Uh, house of finances and let's be real even though I don't love getting into the politics I think that we can all see it I'm not an idiot like the the divide between the rich and the poor is huge and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and inflation is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and there is just there's a lot there's a lot happening when it comes to finances in this country and if the pluto return is happening right on this specific transit right on that second house this is what is going to be destroyed and restructured is financial however we're doing finances and i don't know exactly what that's going to mean i don't know if that means like this is when we finally do away with the dollar system like the currency system and who knows maybe we fucking move into crypto i have no clue what that's going to look like being like a cashless system possibly i don't know if that means like we are literally going to transform things for the better in terms of how high like the homelessness rate is or you know it's crazy to me that anybody in the world has to go hungry or homeless when food literally grows out of the ground we've talked about this but I think with finances being such a hot topic in particular this to me will be huge and this is going to To me, it will change something major in the country. I just don't know exactly what that means. Because A, I'm not a total expert when it comes to economics. I'm also not a total expert when it comes to looking at astrology on such a grand scale. You know, I can look at somebody's chart and tell you more about your experience and what you're going through. But it's harder when you try to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. So also for 2022, we have the nodal axis shifting. So we're going to have Taurus and Scorpio 
Taurus North Node, Scorpio South Node, where previously for the last 18 months or the past year and a half, we have had the nodal axis of Gemini and Sagittarius. And Gemini and Sagittarius, this was basically our site. This was to me, it had a lot to do with psychological stuff because Gemini is the mental mind and also communication. And Sagittarius was more about like expansion and consciousness. And they're more like philosophical in nature. And, you know, we saw a huge uprising of social justice movements. We saw a huge uprising in mental health awareness over the last 18 months, I would say in particular. So we kind of saw how these things played out where the North Node is really what we seek after what we wish to obtain. And everybody has a North and South Node in their birth chart. But the North and South Node will also dictate to you kind of what the next 18 months like what is the major transformation that is going to be happening for you. So if you're not like a natal north or south node in Taurus or Scorpio, or previously Gemini and Sagittarius, uh, it will affect your chart in the places that those are prominent. So for example, this next cycle, which I believe it starts this month in January is when the nodes actually shift all the way. Um, Taurus will be in the north node. I'm a Taurus sun. So this is where I will be affected. Uh, and Scorpio is going to be in the South Node. I am a Scorpio in the 12th house. And my favorite way of this being described is basically whatever is on your North Node or whatever the North Node is on for you. So wherever Taurus is in your chart. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go over this in significant more detail in a future podcast, probably this month. But it's basically a dialing up wherever Taurus is in your chart and a dialing down of wherever Scorpio is in your chart. So for me, being a Taurus sun, I am having a crank up of like the sun shining on me, which I think is a good thing. Usually where the sun is on you, it's like a blessed chapter. Like it's like Taurus season for an entire year for me. And I have to tell y'all, Taurus season is usually one of my most blessed seasons every single year as a Taurus sun. I usually have a fucking fantastic time. So I'm really looking forward to this transit. I think it's going to be a good thing for me. I think I'm going to feel a lot more ambitious, a lot more driven. I see myself really getting into not only my health grind, but also my work grind. I see myself very much succeeding in both avenues. And... I actually see my mental health taking a backseat, but in like a positive way, meaning the South Node is where like things kind of dialed down, where I felt like my mental health was cranked up to fucking 1000 last year. And this year, because I am a 12th house in Scorpio, which is like the 12th house rules a lot of like mental health. It's also... um it also rules technically like the afterlife, the 12th house is Pisces. So it, it's also quite spiritual in nature. But often the 12th house can dictate where your mental health is and what's going on there. And for me, I felt like my mental health was so highlighted during this past year that I see that kind of being cranked down quite a bit for me, which I think will be great. I'm looking forward to that. I feel like I've done enough. <laughs> but Basically, wherever this is in your chart is what is going to be dialed up and what's going to be dialed down. And 
if please, 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 please do not be that person that's like, I don't have Taurus in my chart. I don't have Scorpio in my chart. I promise you that you do. Because think of it this way. Whenever you were born at the time, the date, the place, the constellation of Taurus or Scorpio, it didn't just fall out of the sky. It didn't just cease to exist, which means that you still have a correspondence. You might not have a major planet there. You may not have anything like major sitting in it, but it was still there. So um, I would try using the whole sign, the whole sign house system and just looking at the different houses and where that could be affecting you if you want to look at your own chart. Um, like I said, I'll be going over this in more detail in a future episode. So I'll like, I would highly encourage you go to, um, AstroSeek. I'll link it down below for you. The website head to AstroSeek.com. It's actually like Astro with a hyphen. Is that what that's called? With a hyphen and then seek. I like their website the best because it's constantly being updated and Astro Cafe is kind of old and outdated. And as far as I know, it's not currently being worked on. So I prefer AstroSeek. I just think it's a good website. But if you look and like draw your chart there, you need your birth time, birthday and birthplace. And it's free. It's free to do this. You can look there and see where Taurus and Scorpio are going to be. And if you don't know anything like they have, they lay it out for you on AstroSeek. They will tell you what each thing means. So if you're curious about a house placement or anything, they'll tell you what it means. And that's the area that you can expect to be amplified or dialed back this year. So really, really, really interesting stuff. I'm, I am excited for 2022 also because it is a numerology six year because two plus two plus two is six. So because 2022, you add up all the numbers of 2022, which zero is nothing. And then it's a two, a two and a two. And it's a six. Six is known as being a lot more harmonious. Um, it's also like, it, number one, it's more harmonious because it's, it's a what's the word? It's an even number, right? So it's going to be more harmonious where 2021 was a five, which fives can be like creative and childlike and playful, but they also can be extremely chaotic and drama driven. <laughs> so I think going from a year five to a year six, it's going to be so much more calm. We don't have as much like crazy chaotic energy going on like we did this year. So I think moving into this year, going to be a lot more harmonious, a lot more calm. I would even be willing to say it's a little bit more like Venetian in, in an essence, like it's a little bit more like Venus to me is a lot more like soft, gentle, beautiful aesthetic. There's something a little bit more romantic about it, if that makes sense. And if you're a Taurus, my goodness, this is going to be your year. I would say specifically, if you are... I'm thinking like the best placements for Taurus for this year will be Taurus suns, Taurus Venuses, Taurus Jupiters. Uh, I don't even know if I would say, well, no, it would still, it would still matter if you had Jupiter in Taurus or Taurus. Yeah. Jupiter in Taurus. I don't know that I've ever met anybody that has a Jupiter in Taurus. Interesting. Um, I was just thinking that I don't think I've ever seen somebody with a chart that has a Jupiter in Taurus. 
I don't know why. What a blessing. Um, so I'm going to say probably suns, risings, Venus, Jupiter. I don't know if I would say Mars, Taurus. I mean, maybe. depend. No, I could see where that could be really beneficial, having a Taurus Mars. Um, Taurus Midheavens, if you have your North Node in Taurus as well. I like anywhere that it's like predominant in your chart. So if you just have like a, maybe, maybe you just have like a house that has Taurus, basically, if you're going by whole sign houses, it might not be as effective, but if you have a major Taurus placement, this should be a good time. Um, I do feel like based on the experience I had this year or last year with, and well, 18 months rather with, uh, the south node being on top of my rising sign. I feel for anybody that is a Scorpio rising, um, I'm not saying you're going to have the same experience. It could be very different for you because we're in different signs, but it was not a fun time for me. So I feel for all my, my Scorpio risings out there. This, this next 18 month transit might be a little bit more rough than typical. doesn't mean it's going to be as rough as mine was, but I do sense that it could be a little bit harder. Um, just based on my own experience, though, I'd have to look a little bit more into the correspondences between the South Node and Scorpio before I give like a full predictive outlook on that. But in any case, that's really what I wanted to talk about is just kind of what collectively I see for this year. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Taurus transit, the Taurus Scorpio axis, which technically goes on for more than a year. It's 18 months. Um and then I wanted to touch on kind of like what I feel like I'm through this, what I think I got from it. And I guess like what I kind of hope to manifest for this year, this is really more for me um, than it is for anybody else. Uh, I'm looking at my vision board right now. I actually haven't made a new one yet, but I will be at the new year. And there are some things I want to keep on this board, like... I have, I am financially free, right smack in the middle. I usually keep that one on every board that I make, even though I feel pretty financially free now. I think there's always room for growth. Um, I also have on here that my bank account never stops growing. So we're going to keep that for sure. But there's actually a lot of things on this board that came true. Like I have a lot of clothing items that were on here that I totally got. Like... Let's see, there's one, two, three, four. There's at least four clothing items out of like six that actually I did purchase, which is really cool. Um, you know what? <laughs> That's hilarious. I have something on this vision board that says you create your own calm. I will never put that on my vision board ever again, because I feel like that mental health crisis really did make me see how I can create my own calm in the middle of a fucking storm. Um, I will absolutely be swiping that right off my board and never again. Um, I also have a lot of like slow and steady wins the race. And I do feel like this year I was able to come to a place where I wasn't working as hard and I was able to slow down and really take care of myself, which has been beautiful, difficult, but beautiful. So I do feel like for this year, yes, I still want to travel if it's possible. That's a big one for me. 
Um, I would also, I think my biggest goal for 2022, and I'm going to share this, um, my biggest goal for 2022 is to buy a house. That's what I want to do more than anything else. It's my number one goal for this year. I have no idea how it's going to happen. I have no idea. Like I know kind of where I want to move. Um, I want to stay in the state of Washington, but there is a specific area that I'd like to move to. Um, I think moving into an apartment, it just has really shown me that I am ready more than ever to own a home. I didn't think I was ready for it before, and I definitely feel ready for it now. So I don't know how it's going to happen because the housing market is crazy right now, but the how is not my problem. I just got to match the vibration of my future home, right? So that's probably like my biggest thing. My vision board is going to have a lot of things about housing on it this year, and my body. Um, my body in the sense that I, again, probably another podcast episode for another time, maybe this year, just talking about like health goals and stuff, but I have never in my life been where I feel good about myself in my body. And I think there are a lot of ways to achieve that. I don't think it has to be like you weigh a certain amount of pounds. I don't think it has to be that, you know, you um, feel beautiful today or try to convince you yourself that you're beautiful today, even though you're not totally feeling it. Like, I don't think you have to force yourself into that. I think there are so many ways to go about body goals from a whole body perspective approach that that's something that is going to be a big deal for me this year is coming into that like whole body wellness and whatever that looks like for me, I need to sit down and like actually decide what that looks like. And I think ultimately, uh, body travel and house. Those are my like big, those are my big ones. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll probably do like, maybe I'll show you my vision board on my Instagram or something when I do one for the year. It may already be out or I maybe already showed it. I don't know. I don't know yet, but, um, I hope this episode was, I hope it brought you some joy to your day. I know we talked about a lot of heavy shit today, but I think that I know many of you were really sad when this podcast took a hiatus. So many of you messaged me on Instagram and it was really sweet. I really appreciated that. Um, because again, this podcast being called authentic and unapologetic, like that's really what this podcast is. That's really what this podcast is. It is literally the most authentic thing that I do online. And I am the most myself in this podcast. You get the most real uncut raw version of me here. And I know I say it in like every episode, but it's the truth. This is where you get like the most unfiltered version. But in any case, um, I hope y'all are planning some, some good stuff for yourself for the new year. I hope that, I hope last year and the previous year didn't totally break you down so hard that you don't believe in yourself anymore because girl, I have been there. I have done that. I have got the t-shirt and the trauma and please know if you can take anything that I have been through this year that I have talked about, that I have shared that I'm not saying that my experience is the same as yours because I'm sure that it's not, but take it from one mental health survivor to another it does get better. And that's the one thing that you can count on is that things will change. Eventually things will always change. 
And I love you so much. And I will speak to you all again next Tuesday for another episode. Um, have a wonderful rest of your week. Please do not forget when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. All right. I love you so much. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.